On this episode of RVA Talk, we are going to be speaking to new investors, people looking to build a rental portfolio. This is really a Renters 101 podcast. Things to look for. What are your goals? How are you running your cash flow? Get ready. Let's do it. You're listening to RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker, your source for an honest, insightful look into Central Virginia's real estate market. Combined, Jared and Galen have over 20 years sales experience, as well as hundreds of testimonials from clients past and present who rely on them for advice and assistance when buying and selling homes in today's incredibly hot and competitive real estate market. And now, your hosts, Jared Davis and Galen Parker. Right, I am Jared Davis. And I am still Galen Parker. How are you, Galen? I like that intro because he says incredibly hot. And I'm like, that's an understatement. Let's let's go with unmercifully hot. Have we Serengeti hot? I, I would like to say surprisingly hot. Hot, chilly hot? Why? <laughs> it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. I don't think we've ever I don't think the market's ever had inventory this low. I think it's the I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'd like a historical quote. Hey Mike, could you be our Googler? No. Come on, man! You you have one job. Can I, we give you I two? do too much already. You, Galen's over there. We've got what. tons of stuff he over there. Gavin keeps asking us if we want to film the podcast. There, keeps <laughs> right. saying no. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're point eight month supply. We've talked about that on the podcast before. The last couple episodes has been less than a month. So if everybody stopped listing houses, we're out of inventory in like three weeks across the country. So if you have a house to sell right now, please please call us. <laughs> Please. I mean, we just, good Lord. I have, in eight years or nine years that I've been doing this and stuff, I've never seen it like this before. No, no. It's... This past month, we have put in offers for 87000 over ask, 76000 over ask, 50000 over ask, and two at 20000 over ask, and I got none of them. The attention to mm. detail on how things are going for listings-wise, they're not as crucial. They're like, eh, okay. Because they know it's going to sell. Yeah. yeah We're starting to see that a little <laughs> bit where it's like the, it's like I've gone into a couple houses with people, people with parents. Uh, and the parents are like, well, you know, this, that, this happened like very recently. Yeah. And the, I was just kind of like, yeah, they don't really have to anymore. And they're like, well, don't they want to? And I'm just like, they're not concerned about like their own, your viewpoint of them, their <laughs> reputation in your community. They're just like, yeah, you want the house, you don't want the house, whatever. I don't care. I even noticed it in like pictures because like, you know, the team does so much that I just don't, I just see like addresses coming across my mm-hmm. desk, you know? And then like sometimes they'll call me on something for a house. And so I was like, oh, well, let me look it up. And I'll start looking like a lot of these houses up now, and I'm like, wow. Like, Camera phone kings are back. Well, that or it's like 250 grand does not does not buy you a lot these days at this point, you know? Yeah, that's true. You like look at the house, you're like, that's 250 now? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, you got it. So I, I, I had a great client this weekend. We She followed all the instructions we still didn't get. I mean, we went 15 over. The house was like 135, went 15 over, and it was just like... Nothing. Nothing. But twice so far, here's what I have noticed, which I'm really proud of Richmond Realtors about, okay. is that um, twice so far, not all of them, one, <laughs> they acknowledge the offer coming in. That's nice when you get someone that acknowledges what a your gem. offer. You know, what Great. a gem doing Thanks. the basics. Uh, they acknowledged it. And then they didn't have to do this. But when we didn't get the offer, they sent like a nice email like, hey, I get it. I know it's busy out there. I know you guys are working hard. Please, and I think the one yesterday was like, please do not think that we all don't notice how hard everyone's working. That's nice. And I was like, you didn't have to do that, but thank you, you did. And so, like, one day when I see his name pop up, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. that guy. Whereas other people were like, yeah, I didn't, uh, sorry, no response, yeah. nothing. I'm just like, I remember those names as well. I'll take just a text message that says you didn't get it. Because, like, we don't get those anymore. We just, yeah, no, you just like, have to wait for it to pin. And then your client gets mad at you because they're like, you Why suck. didn't you tell me? <laughs> You're like, yeah, exactly. You you didn't tell me it's already under contract. And, and I'm like, like, they didn't tell me. I've been asking. It's like communication. I think it's a beautiful thing. Well, this is like this isn't our podcast topic today, so we're not going to go into it. Obviously, we actually have done this as our podcast topic, but with everything going on, like, man, keep a spreadsheet. Start like you know, do a BCC sure. of emails. Do something so that you can like stay on top of it because. Yeah. Realtors are drowning. If you're a list agent, you're drowning in showings and offers. And if you're a buyer's agent, you're drowning in writing offers that you're not going to get. Yeah. <laughs> right so, yeah, that's uh, that's how I'm doing that you asked. Thank you for asking. Can, how we, you, can you, we address the mask? 
please. Uh, I don't trust you. So there's that thing. If it was just me and Jared, right. no mask. Yeah. No, no mask. Dr- no can shorts. We, no. Can we? Nothing. Can we talk about it? <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Uh, I love this mask. It was a gift for my wife. So what do you guys say, Mike? You got a problem? I think you I didn't say I had a problem. I just want the viewers to know what's going um, on. I'd say you're... If you know, it's really funny. Like, So I went to Wells Fargo. I had like a bunch of uh, stuff to take care of, which was unpleasant. But like the first thing, the girl, she opens the door, she looks at me, she goes, oh my God, I love your mask. And I was like, everyone's like, I'm like, well, thank you so much. And she was just like, she's like, where'd you get it from? I'm like, I don't know. How much did it cost? Don't know that either. And I was like, you want cat's number? You can just kind of figure this all out for yourselves. My shark one's terrifying that she got me. Shark, she got Jared a shark one. She actually yeah. got you another one. I just don't know how to do with it. She got you like a leopard one because I was like, Jared oh, hated the shark one. I did not. She, I did like, not hate for it. A couple hours I did, that so. is not true, cat. <laughs> what I not at all. We could be like, uh, we could be like leopard and, oh, and just cheetah. On, just on the prowl for I real like estate. It. Real I estate like kings it. on the prowl. Oh, did, um, you get, did you get Steve a duck one? Did you find a duck one? That's right. So Steve is one of our newer uh, members on the team. Awesome guy. Uh, you will recognize him because he looks like a guy just walked out of like a Marlboro slash like Gap commercial. Gap? Um, now give him higher than that. He looks like a billion Banana dollars. Republic. Banana Republic. Is that really higher? <laughs> Am I? Am I just that? He's I think, like old Navy. I think I'm just really bougie. Apparently, no. He looks like he just walked out of like a Hugo Boss catalog I in mean, 1997. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, so like, so Steve was—he's a big hunter, and I told him I was gonna get like get him a, like a duck mask and like really confuse those poor innocent like defenseless <laughs> creatures that he murders. But I mean. We will. Maybe that's another. Maybe that's a gift. Team gifts. Uh, we'll get everyone like a mask that reflects their personality. Represent? Yes, exactly. That's going to offend some people. Jocelyn, you're a turkey if you're listening to this and you know why. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So, you know, every, other than that, everything's been going well. Trying to stay busy as you, you, the market's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What do we have new? We did a Ugly House uh, rendition. Did, did our video podcast, did we get the pictures of that crazy bunker house in there? It's in My, there, yeah. Sweet. Nice. Okay. okay. So maybe uh, we could put a couple of years we'll post you watch it. the playback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I am like... I am a decade behind on my to do list. So, <laughs> um, so last time was ugly houses. Like, or it was kind of like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, this one is like a really cool one. It, it was could just still like, be a what yeah. were you thinking? Yeah, it's still, it, it was kind of like what happens when you go into real estate business with people who perhaps don't know. Uh, what they're doing, oh, okay. and this happened to first. a very. Let's do this one. A very close friend of mine. I don't know if you guys heard of him. His little little known rapper named Nelly. Yeah, close friend from Furtado. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other Nelly. Hot in here. He's Nelly. selling his Missouri pad. It was supposed to be a fixer upper. So check these deets. Right, uh, hot in here rapper. He bought the home when it was on the market six hundred thousand dollars nineteen okay. years ago, and he thought. Hey, I got the cash. Hot in here is blowing up the charts. Everyone, TRL, you're in the club. Everywhere you go. I'm going to buy this. Me and my buddy, contractor friend, we're going to flip it. Okay. Ducats, cash, 12 acres, six bedrooms, seven bathrooms. Wow. And... Apparently, you get a lot of house for your money in Missouri. I mean, you really do. And this was like 20 years ago, so just do all that fluctuation. Um, Apparently, it didn't go so well. Uh, couldn't get the renovation done. Couldn't okay. get the budget on plan. Uh, they it's ended big, up. It's a big house too. It's a massive house. Hopefully, we're showing pictures like, right now. Yes. If you're listening yeah. in the car. And the sorry, problem but... thing is this: like, if you've got a small house to flip, yeah, you're like, all right, you can do. It. But if you got this monster, it's like you can't just do like two of the bedrooms. So what happened with it? Uh, I think they just couldn't get themselves together. He was on. So 20 you know, years travel. ago, they bought it. 20 years ago. It's and now he has it for sale. I'm trying to see where they have it. I don't know if they like mentioned $6. it. It was $6.99, I think, or, or something like that. Wouldn't it, it like make for sense? For sale right now, or what it, originally it no, sold? No, it was selling for. Now. Now, 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 now. Now, now. Okay, so now it's on sale for 600 Why, at, if you're Nelly... Nelly, you make a, a good amount of money. Good right, amount, buddy? Nelly. You're, you're watching you're this. Still, you tune in. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll we'll look for your comment. I'm sure you. Who, who doesn't listen to RV real estate talk? That's what uh, I'm talking about. Exactly. I mean, I imagine at some point, wouldn't you just be like, "Hey, let's just hire a contractor and give them two or three hundred grand and just call this a day"? You would think so. And the thing is, it's like it's been sitting empty for years. It's not like he even lives there. Oof. So this big monster has just been like he's been paying taxes on. But it, here's the thing: on. I I blame his his uh, financial people then. 
because they, wouldn't that be on the books for so many years that he'd be writing on like be like hey maybe we should get rid of this you know four years in you does, know in theory but here's yeah. the thing if does you're Nelly, a financial does, guy does Nelly make enough money to have financial guys uh, oh for sure I mean yeah. at least yeah, one person sure. hey what's Nelly worth let's, let's here's here, well you do that but do here's that. my other thought since it's like, we can't get a Googler no, no, I guess I'll just do it I'll um, just go ahead and Google and this if you are a rich guy and you've got a financial your financial guy's like you know what I'm just trying to keep things you know he wants to keep paying those bills. He doesn't want to show you how to get out of debt. He's like, I need you in debt because you need me. If you're not in debt, you probably don't need me anymore. That's true, too. It's like people call me all the time and they're like, their financial advisors are like, don't buy real estate. Keep your money here. And I'm always like, that is terrible advice. But but I realize like, if it doesn't stay in their account, they can't charge their percent. You know what I mean? So they have to keep it in the, the account. I'm like, maybe you should talk to somebody that doesn't have any of your money and isn't going to gain anything. So my keyboard's not... Oh, there it goes. I was about to say, my keyboard's not working. What's... I just Nelly's. pulled up Nelly Worth. Well, okay, Nelly Worth in 2019. Uh, estimated net worth. What do you guys guess? 40 million? What year is that? As of 2021. Oh, man, he's lost some money. What was he last year? Ni- 2019, he was 60. Nelly, you lost 20 million. What you did in 2020? Everybody made money in 2020. Those band-aids you money. put under your eye, that's like, you know, six cents. I don't know. You don't really know. But... Twenty well, million. You lost twenty million. Maybe he had that money. Or it just goes Probably to show how properties. Maybe it just goes to show how inaccurate I guess all these net worth things are. Obviously, but and it's really you know who's you know this is from networthreporter.com. It's like give that. I don't know if that's it's like the one that like will let you submit. It's like the one that Donald Trump's <laughs> like I'm worth five billion dollars, right? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> yeah. All right, I love that. You know, he's like I'm worth a billion. Now that he can't tweet it, he's like I'm just gonna have to. This pri- Wikipedia page is on fire. Private just emails constant. to everyone. That's right. It's constant, constant updates. Redaction. 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 But man, Nelly, that in the house it looks very stately. You guys can look at the pictures there. If Mike will choose to do so, I don't know what he's feeling. Private basketball court. You want to flip a house in Missouri? It's a middle of nowhere, though. It's like it's thirty hill. minutes away from. But this might be kind of nice, though, right? It's on a hill. That's what everybody wants now. Middle land. of nowhere. Yeah, that's I what mean, I would think. I would yeah. think that would be. They want to get away from the city. That's what we're seeing. Uh, let's see if it pops up so I can see. It's like oh, now yeah. Keller Williams has it listed. All right. All right. Go. Nelly. Hey, email me that link. Nice job, Sarah. Yeah. Make sure. All right. So yeah, we'll make sure we'll get get it. Nelly's. Selling his crumbling mansion for seven hundred and sixty thousand. So is that the the ask yeah. now? Yeah. They went up. I love. Oh, uh, yeah. I love that Mike just said, "Email me the link that I sent to you." Well, because it wouldn't open for me once I <laughs> sent it to you. <laughs> Did you watch the playback? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other the thing that I thought Jared, aggressive with that mask on. <laughs> That's right. He's a, he's, a, he's fierce. What happens? You put Top on, of the food chain. I'm smelling weakness. <laughs> put the lead, put the cheat on. He gets he gets pierced. The other one that I that's a good real estate related topic and. I think you really like this one, Jared. The printed house. Remember that one? The yeah. 3D printed house. Do you remember the details on that that bad boy? I, I don't. Give them to, I mean, I remember seeing it, and I think right, so, I would love to talk about 3D houses. So this New York firm, uh, they 3D printed a house. I believe it was in like 30 days. Yep. And a lot of times we were like, is it plastic? I don't believe it is plastic. Um, but I think like they have like the concrete molds and stuff that laid. But they have it on sale for, who do you, how much do you think? We got fourteen hundred square where feet. Where is it? We're in New York, Manhattan. New York. No. Mike, have you been to Manhattan? Where are you going to put a house? A go rancher. Oh, it's a house. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know it was a house. A, I'm sorry. It's a three D printed yeah. house. I, I'm going to guess like two fifty. Ooh, you're very close. Really? Yeah, you're very close. Um, um, I was going to say six, but all right, you, you're not so close. Uh, three hundred. Okay. Even two ninety nine. So, but then you got to think like the lot footings, that, foundations, that, slab, all of the walls entirely made with a three D printer. So and so, what's the appeal? What are they saying? So they're saying you know it cuts down on the time that it takes to make okay. the house, and you don't need as many trades to be involved. Okay. Uh, with it, so they're cutting out some of the trades uh, to make it. So. So I would like to know the negative, or I would like to know the negatives. But sure. For, but for positives. With, in, with inventory cheaper, the way 30% it is. Cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I think with inventory the way it is, if we could get into some speed building where it's still solid build, that's great. And if it brings costs down, one of the biggest issues we have right now in our, really probably everywhere in the world, but definitely the country, is affordable housing mm-hmm. for new home buyers. They're getting priced out of the market fully. So if you could have a way to build a rancher like that and you build it in 
a month or two. Set that thing to go and just like, doo, doo, yeah. just full. Of, oh, man, that'd be awesome. Well, and some people may say like, oh, you can buy a modular home. And that's true. Modular is a little bit cheaper. Sure. Regular. And I'm not talking about necessarily like a double wide trailer, but like the actual modulars that mm-hmm. sit on foundations. Um, they are pretty cheap. But even them, I I'd, I'd talked to Oakwood Homes maybe like a month or two ago. And they said the soonest they could even get out to get a house on somebody's land, it would be like July of this year, mm-hmm. something like that. So you got like a seven month wait, six month wait just for them to get to the job so because they're all backed up yeah i, I guess like what, what would you think would be some negatives with this i mean well i want to know quality. what it's pouring are they pouring plastic is it concrete is it whatever i would imagine it's well insulated with whatever they're doing because if they're pouring like a cast they can probably put insulation in whatever they're pouring yeah this one's concrete so if it's con, you would think that would be insulated well. I would think so. Are the inner walls concrete? They did not say. Because that's kind of odd, right? Like you're not hanging TV on in it. When it's inside concrete. Or like at some point, if you're like, I really want to open this floor up, and then sledgehammer, floor plan, sledgehammer, yeah. crack, 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 crack. Yeah, yeah like, I can see. That. I don't know. Like, is it is it alterable, right? Mm, that's you know, a good point. It, it, I'm sure it it should be long lasting. Concrete normally is. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine the inside walls would have to be. Otherwise, you're defeating the purpose of time because otherwise you're only pouring four exterior walls and then you'd still be framing everything on the inside. Yeah. Which wouldn't make any sense. That's got to be a massive machine, though. It has to be. That's what I was thinking. I wish I was hoping they would show us a picture of it because I mean it's it's extrude, extruding I mean, large you, masses of concrete. So. Well, stacking layer by layer, building on your walls. Well, but ultimately, aren't they just, uh, I guess hypothetically, they're just pouring it in a factory, right? And they bring your pieces out? Or do they actually pour it on site? Sounds like they're pouring it on site. It's all okay. taking place on site. I would think, I like your idea about, like, is it alterable? Because, <laughs> you know, after a while, you might, or do people just, result, they're just like, hey, I designed it. This is it. We're not opening up a wall. But it, but it's 3D printed, right? So they're not technically pouring, right? I it's think a 3D the printer, layer, the machine has got to yes. like do its thing. I, I feel like I I don't, I don't know nearly enough about it's this. It's very like I'm very interested <laughs> in this. I'm like, man, this is fascinating. I'm like, you know, how crazy can you get the design? Like, how like is, what's the cost as far as like if I want to come in there, like, or do they say, hey, these are our plans? Yeah. Or can you be like, hey. Let's get crazy with it. I want well, to slide. It's three D, so it should all be built off software. So they should build a software, whatever plan they you want. You think, right? So. Like, like you want to slide from your bedroom, like Richie Rich Ooh. style. Was Rip it Richie Rich? Rich? What was the movie? It was Richie it Rich, was Rich, right? Rich. Back in the day, where he had the slide. Macaulay. Out of his... Yeah. Macaulay came through with that one. Yeah, man. They don't play that enough. Sleeper hit, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. They just do the Home Alone thing all the I'm time. Like, we but... get it. Uh, <laughs> Richie Rich had like he was like, how do you throw that money around? I love. I it. love uh, what about uh, hurricanes or not hurricanes? Um, yeah, like, storm, be for hurricane. like storms or something. You think I mean, it'd like, be good? You, you would think that'd be great. I would think it'd be more solid than, you know, wood timber. I agree. But then if it, something structurally hits it or something. That's a car, good point. You know, a car goes off the road and. It's going to be hard guy, to rebuild that. You yeah. rebuild Can you that? reprint your wall? Ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you, if you can, that'd be very quick. Like, does the company like, have to do it that way, though? Or do they have to come out and just patch or something? Oh, that's a very good one too. I guess it depends on the like the scope measure it of out and then print out just like, that portion of it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they like spec out the piece and like, all right, we're just gonna bring this whole it's thing. Like a body in. shop. Yeah, man, that is amazing. <laughs> we're living in the future right now. <laughs> we are. I love we're, that. I love I, it. Going back to Nelly's house, I love how the picture. I don't know if you saw this one. I didn't. It's got like a new Corvette outside and a pickup truck, <laughs> which is like, I mean, no offense if you're a Corvette driver, like they're cool and the new ones are, are nice. But like typically, you if think if you own a pickup truck, you probably want a Corvette or vice well, versa. <laughs> well, it's almost like when you're gonna like do like house shots where like cars park outside. Like They're normally, like, you would want to have like a, like a Ferrari, Ferrari or a boom. Lamborghini or something crazy. So it's like the, the caliber of cars. F three fifty. So it was the real estate agent, and then it the, is. Yeah. I'm looking. It's the, it is their real estate the agent. Contractor. It's, it's the courtesy. Yeah. It's courtesy of their team. So no offense to you guys either. I guess I'm sure it's your vet. Uh, it's just funny because it's like this is the caliber of flip that you'll be buying. <laughs> the cars could do when it's fixed up and you sell it. We'll put a Ferrari outside. Like, but right well, now, six hundred. You so. get a Silverado. But you're in Missouri, so they're probably like, man, that Silverado is. Like, is ooh, talk to me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you know how I feel about Corvettes. Oh, you love them. I don't want to own one. You just want to drive. I one. I just want to drive one. Like if I had a Corvette, you would borrow for it for sure. A I lot. would just like borrow it and be like, Jared, see you, you know, see you Monday. <laughs> My dad has one, and it, it sits in the garage. 
He likes you like driving my Audi. As oh, much I as love driving the Audi. I'm like, I'm like, well, my wife doesn't drive it like at all. You can go take it whenever you want. I don't care. Uh, yes, I'm like an everyday's man when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I wouldn't buy like even if like having the money, I wouldn't buy the Corvette because I'm just like, oh. What would be your daily sports car though if you had a choice? That's of, a like, terrible a, question for me. Yeah, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on cars either. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know the truth. Yeah, that's uh, it. You know who I am. You know, that is you know, the one I, thing I, I, I waste money on. I am like, uh, Jared always teases me because, like, when good things happen, I don't get, like, relatively excited about them. I am so much more excited about his life than he <laughs> is. Yes. And then, so, like, with a car, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then I'd, I'd be like, like, this is amazing. My anxiety would be like, it's be all right. Like, what, someone's going to mess it up. <laughs> someone's going to mess it up for me. Uh, I don't know if I have, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I thought this is kind of funny. I thought like the uh, big body BMW was like the, the thing. like the seven series. Oh seven yeah, series. man! I, was I wrecked like, one. I wrecked, I told when I worked for BMW, I totaled. <laughs> like, I can see why you worked. Demolished one. What? Ha- are you okay? It was uh, somebody on the bridge. Well, he's obviously okay. Five he's hour uh, f- rush hour traffic. Slight the car in front of me pulled over to the other lane, and the guy was stopped on the bridge. No, that's how I wrecked my uh, Xterra. Yeah, and so I was doing a dealer trade. Going to Orlando. Not anymore, he what, what was the conversation like when you got back to the office? Well, I was the untouchable when I worked there. I was, uh, you know, someone that worked there for a long time, and the owner loved me. And so, no, I mean, nothing really happened. It was a bad day, so that's about it. Well, at least it wasn't your I fault either. They were like, yeah, right wrecked this. Uh, but it was really a $120,000 car, though. But they didn't blame you, right? They were like, no, yeah, it was, not yeah, your fault. No, that's good. So, But, but yeah, uh, that was like when, when I was... <clears throat> When I was growing up, I'm like, man, get me like an all white tan interior, big body BMW. Then when I got older, like I had like I came into some money and I just bought an Acura, bought an Acura CSX straight up the lot. I was just like, Woo-hoo! good I choice, it was so cool. Man, so that's I, I didn't car. feel a thing when I when I wrecked it though. Safest well, car ever. <laughs> man, those seven series though, they're maintenance those nightmares. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's that's the thing that I have. I'm just like, I don't want a problem. And that was when they first changed Pleasure, into where the phone was actually, where the smartphone was actually inter- not integrated in the car yeah. anymore. And it was like you had actually when you bought the car, you could you bought a phone to go with. It was a BMW flip phone. Uh, from Motorola, mm. really? So, huh, yeah. That's that's awful. I was not aware of that. That does I don't like that. Two thousand. Those things depreciated like faster than used underwear. I mean, it, was, it was like a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was the first well, car depending that had on the who's dial. buying, I guess. <laughs> it had the dial in like, the middle. That was one of the first cars. About the, the market for secondhand <laughs> underwear for a second here, Jerry. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Trust me. Would you buy my secondhand underwear? He's <laughs> like, I put it out there. No. One. Exactly. All right. Very good. That's yeah. a nice little palette. Now that you think Entry. about it, you, you're going to think about that illustration all day. I'm, I'm you're like, stuck That's on that. the best illustration <laughs> I've heard all day. Oh, man. All right. So what are we talking about today? All right. So we're ready for the deep dive? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That's the laggiest. Okay. All right. Every time. This is for you. For me, not Galen. Right. Is it because I live my best life? Best life. Because I live my best life. Okay. All right. Statistically, this is where we lose all our viewers. Every time. (laughs) I don't think so. So loud. All All right, fade me out. Now we're fading. So I have to automatically. <laughs> this is more Galen's then. thing. Look at him go. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm gonna bl- try to write a contract as I discuss all of this. No, with don't you do guys. that. Too blessed do, to be do, stressed. Do, do, hit buttons. <laughs> all right. Deep dive. What are we diving into today? All right. So we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, our uh, investment. Uh, strategy. Why? And here's why. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I think you've been getting a lot. I've been getting a lot. Nate's getting a lot. We're getting a lot of people who they have some disposable. Did, I feel like we messed up this. Anyway, they got some income sitting aside and they want to get into the market. They're trying to figure out what do I do with this? So they're thinking maybe multifamily, maybe commercial, maybe investment, maybe flip, maybe rental. They just want to buy something. And so we're trying to educate people because we love it we love the energy we love people trying to get in but there's some questions that need to be answered before they can move forward 
Yeah, so it's just like cryptocurrency is going crazy and everybody's running to buy some and real estate's going crazy. People are trying to get into things that they think are going to continue to hold value. And thankfully, yeah. real estate will always continue to appreciate even if it has dips throughout the years, it's going to keep going up. Um, but we are. We're getting contracts from people that are just randomly, you know, $120,000 house, write a contract for this at 50000 Like, people we don't even know. Like, just new <laughs> new emails We're coming in. We're just getting in. emails, people saying, like, offer cash. We're just like, who are you? It's, yeah, so it's obvious that people are, are actively trying to pick houses up, and they're trying to get into the market, but a lot of people, I think, are lacking the knowledge that they need. So this is more of a Rentals 101 podcast. Some of this will apply to flips as well, but mainly for building a rental portfolio some things to think about first thing okay what do you want do you want a single family home do you want a multifamily property do you want a commercial property um different factors are going to trigger different things right like yeah. if you want commercial you're gonna need commercial financing you're gonna need a different but um, why well anything over four units galen becomes go. commercial so uh, at that point your loans change typically you're going to go to some kind of five-year loan that blows up at the end if you don't refinance right uh, versus on a four unit and under or single family home you can do a typical 20 percent down um, and depending on what it is maybe if it's like a second home you know what i mean maybe yeah. people are looking for like a lake house to rent out or something like that like airbnb now maybe they could push for maybe less than 20 percent down uh, from an investment standpoint as well okay. but but most are going to need 20 percent down um but again single family versus multifamily. some people say well i want to try to get as many doors as possible some people say well i want to start small right i don't want a big property to maintain so maybe i don't want a big apartment building or a big commercial <laughs> building that might be more reasonable more to wrap their hands around yeah it is i mean my my first rental purchase was an eight unit apartment building and i'm probably crazy for that because most people would start with like a small house or a little house um, we renovated a, a giant sixteen thousand square foot building <laughs> you know it's our first as our first one pretty <laughs> much but um so here's the thing let's stick to single family for a second okay size right that's a factor you know sometimes we get people that call us and they say well i live in a galen's laughing like a child behind his leopard mask <laughs> size <laughs> it does I'm matter not, not, <laughs> not familiar with I the see, uh, is that a is that a, is that a thing i don't, I don't know you're, you're chuckling uh, so, so you got to think size like sometimes when uh you've got <laughs> i can't i can't see you just giggling by just me sitting are we 13 here i'm literally <laughs> no. just innocently i'm a baby to badness galen just makes me so happy that's all yeah so anyways uh, like sometimes you'll get the call right from the person in the 2,000, 3,000 square foot house they live in and they yep. think, well, we want to move. Why don't we just rent this out? And this could be our first rental. That's almost always a terrible that, idea yeah. because they're in this nice house and now someone's going to come in and they're going to trash it. Every time they have to turn over, now they got to turn over this giant house. And then on top of that, when it's being turned over, they're having to pay the giant mortgage on it, right? So now their vacancy loss gets higher, which we'll talk about. Um, so I think smaller is better starting out in a portfolio. Right. And I really like ranchers. Mm -hmm. I think there's a sweet spot for single family homes that are ranchers. Bonus points if they're brick. Because if you can get a brick rancher and it's got a new roof on it or you put a new roof on it and the new windows. Last forever. Yeah, you know, how much is there to do, you know, and then you don't have steps, so you've got, you know, you're open to people that are retirees, older people that want rentals, new, just brand new homeowners, right, size-wise, you know, you're kind of open to everybody at yeah. that market. Um, if you start getting into exterior things like masonite siding or cedar, aluminum, vinyl, asbestos, you have to start thinking about things. Will the asbestos be an issue for an insurance purpose or anything like that at any point? Will the cedar rot away? Well, Do you have to keep sealing it, keep painting it, keep replacing boards? Yep. So all of these things you want to think about on what you're purchasing because material matters. And this goes for multifamilies too. If you're going to buy a quadplex or an apartment building or if you're like we're, we're looking at developing and building some apartment buildings right now, it's so one of the biggest things we factor in is if we're going to build a brand new apartment building, do we budget more for brick up front, or do you do something like vinyl? Do you do something like hardy plank, right? Hardy plank is nice, but you're definitely going to be painting that building in 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so what's the cost basis? Um, next is, does it need to be fixed up? Is or it is moving it, ready? Or is it moving ready, right? So you have to think about what's the ideal scenario for you, right? Is it better for you to buy it cheaper? and then be able to put the money in and have maybe a little bit of equity. That's ideal a lot of times, but if somebody doesn't have that fix-up money and they only have their down payment money, 
they may have to buy something that's fixed up because the bank may not loan out on their fixed wrapper. Then they have to take into take in account that that's going to be more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and it will. They're going to spend more. But again, that's where when you start looking at it, you're looking at what are your goals, right? What's your cash flow goals? What are you trying to make? And I have investors that just they make enough money where each year they can go buy two, three, four houses and they put their down payment down and they're just now doing their first fixer upper but up until this point they've just bought houses that were you know 145 165 uh, we picked up a duplex right under 300,000 but the numbers just worked with 20% down it was a good cash flow to buy it and just put a renter in it um, but you have to figure that out and then if you are going to fix it up like do you have contractor connections do you know what it's going to cost to fix it up and i feel like that's the big one that i keep running into a lot of people where I, I've been like, all right, so, you know, what do you think is going to go? And they're just like, well, you know, I'm not really sure. Can you kind of tell me? And it's like, you know, these are big moves that you, but you, you need to uh, kind of educate yourself to the best of your ability. Talk to people who know, talk to people who are doing it. Um, that's one of the benefits of people working with us is that we're actually doing the work. And so we can say, well, you know, this is probably going to cost you this. Yeah. I, actually, I always ask people the same question. How much do you think it will cost to replace this roof? And everyone always is like, I don't know, like, you know, ten, twelve thousand dollars And it's like a small rancher. And I'm like, okay, well, thankfully not. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's like, so that kind of gives you an idea that people are just like, they don't know exactly. So as we walk you through that process, these are, the, you know, how much is it going to cost to purchase this, to uh, fix it, maintain it, keep it, yep. resell it? What, what are some of the costs that you're going to be worried about? So... And, and and you really do need to start nailing down numbers, whether you're going to flip or rent. You know, we do get so many people that want us to essentially be their contractor. And, I mean, thankfully, I flip a lot of houses, so I have a pretty good idea what stuff costs. Um, but the problem is that they look at us like we're their contractor, their realtor, their lender, their financial advisor. And so this is why, like, this podcast is so good for new investors because hopefully you're going to be picking up some things and some rules of thumb that you can start to look at because you don't really want to, honestly, smart as I am in the investment side of things, you don't really want to rely on just me or let alone a realtor that doesn't know what they're doing mm -hmm. to say this is a good investment or a bad investment. Like, you've got to be able to make that decision. So, I mean, that's why it's so crucial you, you learn. But, Galen, you know how it is. You go to your, your first potential flip appointment with an investor right and he's like oh i was hoping to paint it and throw some carpet yeah. in it and like the floor's falling in yeah i went to one uh the termites open the door <laughs> that's right <It's laughs> they're like, like come on in they're like, hey get in here this place is lovely and it was like the, the everything was it's like a fun house yeah, it wasn't proportional put... like things were going down and like the door was like kind of cool and he was like well i was just thinking you know, i'm looking for something that you know i could just paint and i'm like you know that is out there but you're like did you see the pictures yeah and i was like but just what made you think that this one would have been yeah. you know one of those so you know just kind of like helping people you know without crushing a dream because i want more people to get involved yeah let's let's do this i'm here to help you yeah uh, but there's some things you want to consider think I, about i definitely have uh talk to Jared about stepping into this and I see a lot of potential on smaller properties that are somewhat okay. And yeah. Like if you just like maybe factor the kitchen a master bathroom carpet painting and a couple of there's ones out there you just gotta there are 100% of ones out there. You gotta just wait the game. Well and that brings up a point that I actually didn't have in my notes but it's a good point and that you're also trying to figure out what's worth fixing up and what's not because if yeah, it's a exactly. rental you may not need to put a brand new kitchen in it. You may not need to put a brand new bathroom in it. Good enough. Or even what you spend money on you may say well we could spend 1500 bucks on tile work but we're probably better off putting a $300, you know, fiberglass around in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing. Because the location <coughs> itself might sell itself. You might have, just have to, you know, <clears throat> well, put a little. The giant more. reality is that if it's new, tenants don't care. I mean, tenants are looking at terrible properties all the time. They walk into this property and it's just disheveled and destroyed and hasn't been turned over right. So if you actually are a good landlord and you have fresh paint and nice new floors and everything is new even if it's not tile or granite or top of the line what you'll find is that you start to figure out your price points and what you're going to get for rent based on what you do that doesn't mean that you can't choose to maybe do like some type a rentals or class a rentals where you're going to go for like a premium luxury market but if you do have like a little rancher like this in all honesty on a three bedroom 
even if you go with like a government program for payment, you know, they're going to give you the same amount across the board almost. So whether I put tile in or granite or fiberglass and vinyl, they're still going to give me 13 or 1400 bucks a month for that house. Um, so that's something to keep in mind when you're nailing your numbers down. Um, if you buy that house for a hundred and you think you're going to put in 15, but now you put in 40, you just changed all of mm. your numbers, right? So yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing you got to figure out. Are you going to fix it up? Or are you going to buy it moving ready? The next thing would be area. You got to figure out, are you looking for appreciation long-term? Is it an area where you think that it's up and coming? Growth right? potential. Things are coming down the road. You've maybe heard something, and so you have the intro, inside track of what's going on in the neighborhood, and so you think, oh, this is a good investment for me. Or it may already be like one of the best areas, and you just know, hey, this is not going to go down in value for Always me. Always a good bet. Or are you looking for cash flow? Because you may look at some areas, you know, if you're in the Richmond area, maybe an area like Petersburg, mm -hmm. where everything is appreciating at a certain rate. But like Petersburg, certainly as of now, probably has a far less chance of appreciating at a rapid rate of, say, somewhere like Manchester or Church Hill sure. or, you know, in, name any up and coming Richmond neighborhood. Right. Um, but that doesn't make it a bad investment. Right. Someone can go down there. I sold a house down there a couple years ago for thirteen thousand dollars. You think at some point the rent can only go but so low, right? <laughs> so thirteen grand, even if the guy put twenty into it and got it rental ready, he's in it for thirty. If he got five hundred bucks a month for that house, you know, that's still six thousand dollars a year on his thirty thousand dollar investment, you know. Um and, and he probably was getting more, honestly. I mean, if he did it right, you know, he probably had seven, eight hundred bucks in there, he's making nine, ten grand, he's making thirty percent on his money a year, probably, which is you know, a great, yeah. great thing. And there's some guys out there, you talk to them, they say, you know, I don't want to sound bad about it, but they're like, we want to be slumlords. We want the junkiest properties and the junkiest areas. Right. And like, we just want to put people in them and like, we'll take care of them and maintain them so they'll have good housing. But like, we just want to throw $40,000 house here, $60,000 house there. But what happens over time, they grow. I mean, I sold a guy probably three, four houses down in Manchester on the commerce side, you know, Jeff Davis side, all of that over the last four or five years. I think we paid like 40 for one. We paid maybe 35 for another, maybe 50 for another. You can't find a gut job over there for less than 100 now. And he's looking like a king right now because he's like, 100%. So, so you, maybe you could be the king of another area. It just takes foresight and time. Yeah, exactly. And so if, if we're talking rentals, that's really what we're looking at is that long-term potential most likely. Or even if it's not a long, long-term, you're obviously wanting the gains because if you want to sell out at some point, you're probably looking to roll into something else. So yeah. you know, maybe you're an investor that says, I, I need to start. I don't have a ton of cash, so let me start with some single families. But ultimately, I'd like to own some apartments. So maybe I don't have a couple million dollars to put down some giant apartment building. But if I bought a portfolio of 10 houses over the next three to four years, five years, Look at what that could turn into in 10. You know, you could go sell that and get your down payment on your giant big apartment building that you want. Oof. Now that's the dream. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's what we're doing. That's, it is I, the dream. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really want to, I've been hearing grumbles and rumbles about like things in Petersburg moving in that'll change. And I really want that area to take off because it's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's got, you know, that 95 plug right into Richmond. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, there's a lot of potential there. It's just kind of, when? It, it'd be interesting because you also have Colonial Heights right there too. Sure. And like Colonial Heights, I mean, I lived in Colonial Heights for years. I, I was a Tri-Cities kid. So, I mean, I, I was over there. But you just think like, what needs to happen to make those areas like desirable to people that didn't grow up in those areas right, or people right. that aren't in Prince George for the military base. Right. And there's nothing against them. I mean, they're, they're nice areas. What you find is obviously the more you more move north, you either get closer to the city and there's more amenities or more mm. grocery stores or people want to be next to the Trader Joe's and the whole, like everything is a, a quality of life and what they want. And I got to call, I, I, usually I would say I'd call my boy Bezos, but he's out. So I'm going to call the next guy in line to have him invest in some Amazon over here. I mean that that is the thing with 95 corridor, all of the warehouses coming down 95, and and it will be perfect area. It, for it that, will yeah. be a good hub for that. So now, you figure out the area that you want. You figured out what you want to start looking for. Now you start looking at properties in that area, and now you're trying to figure out is it a good buy, right? Or is it not a good buy? How do you know whether it's something you should buy and look into, or if it's just overpriced for what it is? So that's where you start thinking about your numbers. And this is, again, where I think most people have no clue 
<laughs> on, what's what's being sold for you know what has recently been sold for that's a that's a big one yeah and and it's you know sometimes someone will call me on something and uh even agents by the way sometimes because i buy properties rentals and i'll look at a property i'll a lot of times if you're on these commercial sites you have to type in your information to get the offering memorandum or whatever and then they get it and then they call you and they try to pitch you on it so every time you want info on a property I say this like frustrated, like I don't do this to everybody in residential real estate all day, but <laughs> but ultimately I, I I do this on the commercial they side. They call you, and then they call me, and they're like, "Did you see my? You, did you get it? Like, what can I do?" But what's annoying is like I actually have like you know houses that are priced right and they're ready to go, but I get these calls from these guys that just have like this outrageous pricing, and so don't expect even the realtors that are representing it to know because I called one the other day or he called me, and he was like, "Well, you don't think it's a good investment?" And I was like. Within 20 seconds, I broke down all the numbers for him. And I was like, if I didn't pay cash, this would lose X amount of dollars a month. And I would be in the hole on my money. And then he goes, yeah, it's probably not a great investment for somebody that's not doing like a 1031 exchange or whatever. It probably doesn't work for anything. And like, he didn't get it. Like, he got it as soon as I explained it to him. And I was like... Dude, you're selling this. You got to like pitch this somehow. <laughs> he's not selling it. He's selling the call. He's like moving, just moving along to the but next But I'm saying one. he's selling the properties. He's yeah, the listing agent. Know, like he is the listing agent. So to me, I'm like, so I just. that person was just a bad salesperson. Too. I was like, I just squashed this whole thing. And he was like, yeah, I guess it needs to be like a 1031 buyer. So that's what you got to realize is that with values going up, there are a lot of properties that are only going to be good for the guy that can come in with cash or 1031. Because what you're going to start looking at is are you looking for a certain cap rate. So what's a cap rate? A cap rate is how much of a percentage of profit that building makes based on the price once you subtract all of the expenses for the year. So if, you, if you've got a building and it's a million bucks and it grosses $100,000 a year, right? That would be 10%, but that's not the cap rate because you have to take away all your expenses. So now let's say it costs you 30,000. Your, your yearly expenses out. For everything. Yeah. Now you're left with 70. Your effective cap rate is now 7%. So that's part of your calculation is what kind of cap rate am I going for? In Richmond right now, honestly, they've gotten really low. We're seeing most things priced around like a four to five cap. If they're up into like a six, seven, they're looking pretty decent. But here's the thing. Most of you guys are not going to be paying cash for this. So cap rate is one thing, but ultimately what you want to know is what's your cash on cash return. So you've got your cap rate, and then you've got what is the amount of money that I'm making on my actual cash. So if I put 20% down on that million-dollar property, right, it's $200,000 that I have to put down. After all the expenses, I'm left with 70, but now I have a mortgage, right? So you think 800000 a mortgage on that's going to be probably about 4200 bucks a month. So that's about 50 grand a year, right? Right. So now I know these are I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there, but this is how you you guys are still with us. This is how my brain Are you guys still awake? Just get there for the last number. Gail was like, <laughs> "I hope I don't you don't bore them to sleep." But I think this is all crucial stuff you need to know. In my head Mike's going to throw some graphics in, in there. In my so. head I'm left with $20,000. So we went from 100 and we took the expenses down to 70 and then we threw the mortgage and all that stuff down. Now we're down to 20. So now I make 20 grand on my 200. So what's that percentage wise, Galen? 20 grand off of 200,000 mm -hmm. is it 10%? 10%. So now we have our effective cash on cash return. Am I happy with a 10% cash on cash return? What is a bank charge if you would just shove that money in your savings account? What do they give you? Yeah. Like 0. .0001? <laughs> yeah. Nothing? So it's like the comparison and that to... And the average like market, right? If you were to look at just the stock market and you said, I'm going to average this over 10, 20 years, you know, your average is probably, what, six, maybe, on a sound thing. But mm -hmm. you don't have the ebbs and flows. So the problem is you may say, well, I made 30 this year, but I was negative Lost. this year. Yeah. And then if you only had 200000 nothing's worse than hitting that retirement age and having a bad time or a downturn. Oof. Now you lose 50000 off of your position, but you're still spending money out of that position because you're living on it, right? So now once it does come back, now you got less gain. But with real estate, you don't have to really deal with that. Whether your building is appreciating or depreciating, right? You're still making your cash flow. So if your cash flow numbers are good, you know you're going to make your cash flow. You know that's going to appreciate pretty much always. 
Um, you've got a building to now depreciate on your taxes, so that gives you a that write-off. You. And you've got the appreciation, and you're paying off that $800,000 mortgage. So now you've got a net worth gain there, too, in equity itself. Um, so the cash on cash is key. So then, again, as an investor, you have to decide, what cash on cash do I want? Because like, this is the other call I This 10% might be good, but that might not be what you personally want for your own personal portfolio. Yeah, and, and like rule of thumb for some guys, like if you look on bigger pockets and different places, most people don't want to touch it if it's less than like 11% cash on cash. That's like a basic rule of thumb. Now, cap rate may be far lower, right? You may have a cap rate of, like we said, 7%. But if the cash on cash is now 11 or 12 the cash on cash is good, even if the cap rate's lower. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're overbuying as long as your return on your cash is good. But I say that because, we again, I get calls so much. And this is an agent thing, too. And it makes agents look really dumb a lot of times. You know, I don't, I don't hate on it. I'm okay with it. I'll take the calls. I appreciate them. I appreciate that agents, like, look at us and think, hey, they do a lot of investment stuff. I'll reach out to Jared. Um, but you get calls from people, and they're like, I got a client. He's ready to spend... Two million. He just needs a twenty cap. You can give us that. I I got your guy. And I'm like, dude, if I had a twenty cap, I would buy it because <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. Like that's not. A I thing. wouldn't be saving it for you. It's not a thing in our market, right? Or or even cash on cash. Like, oh, it needs to be you know fifteen percent you know cash on cash. And so again, you really have to start structuring your stuff well to be able to do that. And then trying to figure out, do I have to do some value add to be able to do this? Maybe you buy it and it's only an 8% cash on cash, but you know with your cash, you're going to put another 100000 into it Renovate and fix it the kitchen, up. all the kitchen, get it, get and then, it nice. Yep, and then once they're renovated, now your cash on cash turns into 16 17 18%, and you have the potential now that if you want to refinance, you could actually even pull your money back out if you want to refinance. Um, that gets into a whole other thing, burring, buying, renovating. Mike's move. We, Mike's did, a vlog, move. we did a vlog on that. We I think do we we did the vlog on it yeah for sure I don't know if we've done a podcast on it but check out the vlog if you're watching this on YouTube um, otherwise it would be another good podcast to do how do you get your money back out because that's the other thing for the renters if you're starting with this as an investor a lot of times you're just trying to get the cash to get that first property and then once you get it you almost feel like you reset you're like dang I spent all my money I'm out and now you're just waiting to build up again so we can also teach you how to continue to get your money back out of your properties so that you can buy more and that's the goal for you. And that was, I know that was a long rant, Galen, but I think it was it was, a, uh, it, was it was it was a long rant. <laughs> it was not. I gotta let you rant. talk some. Give it to me, Cheetah. No, I was just kind of like looking over uh, some of the the emails that I've gotten from people who have kind of just like you can tell that they they're curious, they want to know, but they don't have the knowledge. Is kind of you know what, what do you think? What do you think of this property? And it's kind of like, well, I mean, that's a loaded question. Like, what do you want to do with the property? Do you want to rent it? Do you want to flip it? How much money do you have? Are you paying cash? Are you going to loan? Like, there's so many things, but I, I like the questions. Keep keep the questions coming. Yeah. The last thing, and then we'll wrap up because we're, we're touching on almost an hour now, I think. So um, the last thing to keep in mind is when you're running your numbers, calculating your expenses. So keep in mind... If you're going to buy it as a, as a, as if it's already an investment property, you're going to ask the owner to send you over the financials. Hey, do you have the financials for the last year? Do you have a rent roll, right? You'll hear that a lot. What's the, the, the rent roll for all of the How rents much, for the yeah. property? How much is it bringing in per is month? Is everyone current? Is everyone current? And then your T12s, which are trailing 12s. A lot of times people will want T12s, which is the last trailing expense report for 12 months. A lot of times they'll ask for like the last three years. That way they can see, hey, did this guy just put this building up after he had a really good year? And then a year before that, did <laughs> he spend $2 million dollars in capital expenditures, right? So they'll look at the history and try to maybe do like a cost average as well. So when you're doing your numbers, you're going to take their numbers and you're going to look at them. But you also have to keep in mind stuff on your end, right? Sometimes maybe it's a building that someone owned for 50 years. And the assessment on that building is $500,000 less than you're going to pay. Well, you're looking at his taxes and his spreadsheet. But when you buy that building for half a million dollars more than he has it assessed at, the city is going to raise your assessment. So now your taxes go up. So you've got to figure, what are my taxes going to go up to? Can I estimate that in, right? right. You've got management fees, right? Again, his building could be managed by himself. 
could be managed, low fees there. could have low fees, right? And so you got to decide, are you going to manage your property or are you going to hire a property manager? If you're going to buy a lot of doors, you probably want to start building in a, a management fee because you're probably looking for passive income, the American dream. But if you build 20 or 30 rentals and you have to take a call every time there's a toilet leaking <laughs> or whatever, then now you have a full-time job. You're a maintenance manager. So congratulations. you probably don't want that either. So you got to fa- factor that. Talk to some managers. Are they p- charging 8%, 9%, 10%, 7 It's going to differ. And what's the one thing that we just ran to? Like if you want to get out of that management program, like some of them will charge and you got to read the fine print to make sure that you're – one, you're not confused, but we had a guy that was kind of confused and he thought that – what. He thought they were going to charge him like 8% to sell it, it, but it was like, we had to like explain to him like, no, that's not how, that's not what really is going to happen. Pretty much like if the tenant ended up wanting to buy the property, they were going to have to pay a a commission almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because they acquired the person. So you got to watch stuff like that. So you're thinking management fees, you're thinking taxes. We talked about insurance. Are you in your flood zone? Again, if you're in Richmond, there's not but so much like that that you're going to look at. But like we own some property down in Norfolk. And so we have to think about if we're going to buy on Willoughby Spit, we're going to buy someone near the water. Like we have to factor in if there's flood insurance. Um, payments. Again, it may be free and clear. No matter what, their mortgage is not going to be your mortgage. So you're going to factor that out completely. And then you got to put yours in to say, does it cash flow with my number? So if you haven't talked to your lender, then probably a good idea to do that, right? Uh, maintenance, again, you want to look at like basic rule of thumbs, 10, 15% a month probably just to like throw in there to be safe. But sometimes it could be more, sometimes it could be less. Again, if you're a building in the city that's 100 how, how years old. How old is the building? Yeah. Yeah, are you going to have you know settlement issues? Are you going to have mold issues? Are you going to have leak issues? Are you going to have moisture issues in the basement? Old pipe Again, siding, windows, what are these things? Then you have capital expenditures, right? So you've got things that are maybe need updating, things that need to be done that don't necessarily factor into a maintenance item. But you may come in and say, hey, this needs a kitchen in three years. This needs this. So this is one of those things that we got to factor in as a capital expenditure. And then the last thing that I think most newbie investors will miss, vacancy losses. How long it's empty? Okay. Yeah. What's a vacancy loss? Oh, I'm sorry. You're asking me? Yeah. So vacancy loss I'm is talking a lot. I'm trying yeah, to... I'm trying to like, <laughs> me and Mike are just sitting back there like... Mike's texting. Mike was like looking on the at Amazon. I was like, a vacancy loss is just... I do a lot of the investment stuff here. How much screen, time so just, you know, are just, you losing money because no one's living in their property? That's it. And people never take that into advantage, when, especially when they talk about renting their personal houses. They say, I'm going to rent this house out for 1500 bucks a month, and I'm going to make 200 bucks a month. And I say, that's great. So you're going to make 2400 bucks a year. And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, what about that month in which you had to pay your mortgage? That's it. And your so if you have no maintenance and you have no anything, you're going to make that 2400 bucks. Minus but 200 then, bucks, though, to me is not worth it in the long. And it's not. But again, that's where we go back to the cap. What are you looking for? Are you looking for cash on cash cap rate or maybe even just a monthly cash flow? I think a good rule of thumb on a single family house is four to $600 a month when it's all said and done. Vacancy over time. Is there any kind of write off at the end of the year of a loss? Well, it's just non-income. It doesn't cost you anything. So you write off your actual costs, and then you have your income, and then that lost income isn't lost. It's just not there. So it's not an income, but it's also not a loss. It's it's a zero. But uh-huh. they're factoring in 12 months of rent, which you can't. Because if you have a 12-month lease, and then the guy gets out at the start of the year, gonna paint I, it. I have to come in. I have to touch up paint. I have to fix carpet. I have to fix whatever he broke, right? And they may think, oh, well, I can take the guy's deposit if i need to which sure for some stuff you can and maybe it covers turning over the property to an extent but you still have the time that it takes to turn so let's say it takes you a month to turn it and then you got to get the next tenant in the market's hot but let's just say it's it's a month and a half right ten percent right. of the year well you just lost ten percent of your income so i mean you just lost your two grand and now you're down to 400 bucks to for rent your house again before you turn it you get what i'm saying so you have to take that into account you've got to put in probably 10 to 15 percent vacancy loss and then you start to realize that as you accrue more property or if you look at properties that are bigger your vacancy loss isn't that big of a deal right because if you have a single family home and you never buy anything else that single family home's vacancy loss stops all of your income but if you have a 10 unit and you have one unit vacant well your 10 percent vacancy loss you're still bringing in 90 percent of your income every month right 
So that's the main key factor. And bigger. And if you factored it in, so then you've got that spread it across all those. That's it. So if you put the spread in for your maintenance, your vacancy loss, your capital expenditures, all of your expenses, your management fees, then you should be able to come up with your numbers. And if you aren't good at plugging stuff in and figuring out in your your head, uh, Bigger Pockets has like a really good calculator, and it's an investment calculator, and you can actually plug all that stuff in and save them under an address. So if you're looking at multiple properties, you can type them in, and it'll run all of the numbers, and it'll tell you effectively what it should come out to hopefully that's it i like it that's the break you guys have any questions i know you do if you're awake if you if you made it through text us email us call us you're already probably doing that it can't be what if we started like as people started emailing us we send them like the link to this and like watch this first we should. Then call me back. And it's like what I try to explain in some of our vlogs. Like some of our vlogs are very like just like sit and listen. You know what I mean? It may not be all all whatever fun and games, but like these are the things you need. If you're gonna sit down and read a book about it or a seminar, like you just need to get these things in your head and you'll hear us keep reiterating these things. And be aware of them. So that you can start to figure it out because then it just becomes second nature. You look at a house, you know, this is what's gonna cost me to fix it, this is how much the bank's gonna give me, this is how much the bank's gonna give me back once I fix it, this is what they're gonna rent it for, this is what I'm gonna catch, and it just becomes second nature. And then you can start building that portfolio, refinancing stuff out. And you can just start stacking houses. It starts essentially not even costing you anything to add to the portfolio if you do it right. That's it. Excellent. I think we covered it all. I think we did. How much? What was it? A little like an hour? Yeah, I'd say that was a solid session. How much? How much time were we at, Mike? Uh, we're about an, a little over an hour and three minutes. Well, that's not so bad. No, let's wrap this up then. We're going to do our next Food Fight episode. We have moved on from pizza as much as I like it. We love you. Sorry if we haven't covered you yet. Yeah, we will probably be back because I've got some business owners that even that we know that have reached out to me personally and said, hey, come to our pizza. We'll give you pizza. So um, we probably pizza. We will come back to that. Domino's reached out to us. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're on to burgers. All right. We're going to what? Today we are going to Luther Burger okay. over there in Robius and Huguenot. Nice. Uh, it's strategically uh, located right next to the Sugar Shack. Are you doing the donut burger or a regular burger? I, I was go, just going to ask you that. Uh, you know, I might go regular. I want to. I do think regular. we need to do both. I think we need to. I can't do both. I've had it. Do, well, here's the thing. Both. I've had. Oh, hold on. No, we I've could, had the donut burger. We can split oh, you it. You've had. We could, all, we could split it. And so like, like a, a regular third, and a donut, and, and then, then we split it in thirds. Or or we do a regular and a donut. And we cut it in half, and then we get a half a regular one and half a donut one. There you okay. go. It's not a bad idea either. Let's do it. I've had it. It, it tastes like a Krispy Kreme donut that they. It's something like. It's good for what it is. I mean, it's just kind of like you know, I don't think it's something you want to eat every day. Is that what the review is going to be like for the regular burger, too? Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you want to read this every day. That doesn't sound like. <laughs> Why are we doing Luther Burger? We got to discuss the, also the. That was the burger. worst sale of Luther Burger <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, I'm good. talking about for your heart. Okay. Gotcha, we got gotcha. to also discuss the rating now because now we Ooh. are not any of the slices. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask that because we were doing out of five, no, six the last time because Galen said there's six slices and a normal pizza. I say we do. Uh, Slices of pickle? Pickles and tomatoes. No, but then you only get like two or three things, and then it's odd because then you get... Now, hold on. Give it three pickles? I like using pickles. I don't want to use like pickles and tomatoes because that's just confusing. Do we just run to a one to ten scale moving into I would do like decimal points in there, so like a 5.2. For the graphics purposes, you probably want to have like pickle, pickle or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Some sort of food related. Buns? (laughs) Do we do it out of five now, though? What do you think? You think five is good? No matter what it is, we just need to have the halves, like you said. Yeah. We don't need a point two. Don't make me start giving point ones to people. <laughs> I saw a house today. <laughs> okay, that, that, Mr. Like, number man. <laughs> I saw a house today. The bathroom was listed as 1.3. That just means it was one in three half baths? I don't know. That's what it means. All the other ones were like two, 2.1, three. 3.1, 2, and this one's like 1.3. That means it's one full and three halves. And I was just like, yeah. it's like a- So in MLS, we don't do 0.5s because it doesn't make sense to do that because then if you had 2.5s, it would add to one, which makes a full and it's not a full. Well, I so had one the other day ones. where I had one that I shot that the, and I think I was FaceTiming with Galen um, when I was going to the market. Which was awful. <laughs> You're driving. That's what I was on. Uh, the, it kind of shocked me because there was a half bath in the garage 
That's cool. And I like that. So it kind of. Like, I also like it also when you add a pool. Because then when you're the kids are running around, you just send them to the garage bathroom to dry off, and they don't have to come in the well, house. That's a lot of Florida houses are like. That. I just thought it was kind of funny. It's like you got one full, then you're just like half, half, half. I was just like, yeah. Oh, I mean, man. I guess it could be like one of those things. I'm trying to think like what scenarios that happens on, but I was thinking like your older houses with the basement that's like finished or unfinished. Sometimes you have that awkward like toilet in the basement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like in like a funky. We shot one corner. there. One was the, there was nothing there except the, the toilet. The toilet. Yeah, Crenshaw. Yeah, that one's like that. Yeah, so you have like the toilet in the basement, and then you have like a toilet on the main level, and then you think your master could be like a full with a half off of it as well for like the other people when it has like the master has one in, but then you have one hall bath. Ugh. Now we ran it on. Let's go eat a burger. We'll figure it out. Either a five scale or a ten scale. I don't think it matters. But it can be buns in the graphic. Bites. We could do bites. Ooh, bites. Or you could do the whole burger in the graphic. Yeah, like, do the whole burger, Mike. And then it's like a half a burger and a burger. Can you can you function that? Can you do that, Mike? I'll see what I can do. I think nice. you can make that happen. <laughs> and then we'll have halves. Half of a burger. That's yeah. perfect. Out of five or out of ten? Out of five. Let's do out of five. Let's, yeah. out of five. Let's be reasonable. Because ten's too far away from Give six. Give someone a seven. It's like, uh, is that good? Bad? It's like, no. Yeah. Seven's How good. <laughs> Eight is great. Nine's amazing. Ten is perfect. What about price-wise, mm. too? This isn't Are hard. we going to take this in consideration with price? Mm. No. Burgers Not can really. Get, burgers can get kind of expensive. I don't care how much it costs if it's delicious. That's why Brenner Pass, you need to please open so we can go do our burger <laughs> shoot there. I want my foie gras burger or whatever it, it is. It's very tasty. Alrighty. Well, this has been another this episode. There's going to be a lot of editing for Mike here. <laughs> of RVA. No, we're, this is all standing here. This has been another episode of RVA Real Estate Talk. I am Jared Davis. You can find us at underscore underscore the Davis Group on Instagram or just search the Davis Group on Facebook. You can call me at 804-536-6100. And Galen... Feel free to call me at 804-274-9016. There's that beautiful radio voice. So you got to turn on that charm. That's right. Again, this is RVA Real Estate Talk. Thanks for listening. If you have a real estate question that you would like to ask Jared or Galen, reach out to them at jared at centralvarealty.com or galen at centralvarealty.com. Who knows? It may even be featured on an upcoming episode. 